Hi, it's Dr. Ayomize here, and welcome to Master Plan Marriage, where we focus on the master and his plans for all marriages, mine and yours included. Check this out. Your marriage will come to an end soon. Yes, I said that. You may be thinking, wait, what? Isn't this podcast supposed to be encouraging marriages to thrive, not die? Well, slow down, slow down. I'm talking in the grand scheme, in light of eternity. You and I will die someday. And your spouse, my spouse will too. Harsh, I know, but true. The point is, while we may think about our own legacies as individuals, We might make preparations for our own passing, like, you know, creating wills and building up trust. Many of us are not thinking about the legacy of our marriages. Listen, you and your spouse are known. Okay, maybe not celebrity status known, but you are known. Whether it's your children, grandchildren, friends, or neighbors, There are people who are impacted by your marriage or will be impacted by your marriage. So you may be asking, now what? Well, let's think about the eternal worth of our marriages. You know, just as you were made for more, your marriage has such a great value. Your marriage is a gift, I've said it before, a gift to you from God to be used by God to bring him all the glory. Your marriage ought to bring light to areas of darkness, propel the gospel further. Your marriage should influence, encourage, support, and help those around you. Mine too, (laughs) right? So let me tell you something. I had to shake the dust off this book. It's called You and Me Forever, Marriage in Light of Eternity by Francis and Lisa Chan. And this book is a game changer. It was a game changer for my husband and I. God really used this book, used, I should say, used uh, Francis Chan and Lisa Chan to, um, in writing this book, to propel us further. I mean, it took us out of our comfort zone. I remember August 2017, we picked up this book and we did a Bible study um, with some people in our community. And after reading this book, like literally closed the book and we were like, all right, God, there is more to our marriage than the two of us, our kids, you know, and our house. Like there has to be more. There's a reason why you put us together. There's a reason um, that is bigger than what we can see. And we want to know. We want to do more for your kingdom. We want our marriage to glorify you. So so what do you want, God? He, like, what do you want? And it's like we invited him to sit at the table. And my God sat at the head of the table. And he was just like, okay, you're going to do this, 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 this. And, and list it all, all out. And all we had to do was say yes. And we did. And we have been so blessed just from that. The Lord basically knew that in, our, in deep down in our hearts, we, we wanted to move. And so he opened doors we didn't even think possible. And in one year... From that yes in August 2017 to June, end of June 2018, 
so many things happened. And long story short, we ended up moving from New York to Texas and just beginning a new chapter here. And the Lord has done such such amazing things. And maybe we'll go into that down the line. Uh, but he's really he really opened our eyes through this book uh, to show us that there was more to our marriage, that we should actually be looking for marriage in light of eternity, thinking about our eternity. We spend so much time on this earth thinking about our time here on earth, right? You know, Francis Chan actually, he has a visual, and I know you can't see me, but try to picture this with me, right? He takes a long rope. I mean, this rope is going, 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 going. You can't see the end of the rope. It's piles on on the stage, right? And then he has this like red tape right at the tip of of the rope. And I would say maybe it's like an inch long, right? He points to that. He's like, well, he shows the whole rope. He's, he says the whole rope is is life eternal, right? Like, <laughs> like time ongoing, going, going, going. That small one inch of red tape at the tip of the rope is your life. <laughs> and you look at that. You look how small that is compared to the rope that's just going on and on and on and on. And our life here is so short. And so many of us, we live for retirement. We live for the last like quarter of an inch, if that, <laughs> of that red tape signifying our lives. We live for those last 10 or 20 years that for one, aren't even granted promise to us. But we work and we, we strive to live for that, for that retirement age. And... We don't understand. We need to be living in light of eternity, in light of all of the rest of that rope that's just going on and on and on and on. (laughs) And to look at our marriages in light of eternity, to not be so focused on the here and now, but what are we doing for our future? And I love it. So let me, I, I went longer than I wanted to about that, but I know that's gonna bless somebody. Um... And so I wanted to read the back of the book, the, the back cover, just a couple of lines of the back cover of this book. And I recommend it and I'll put it in the episode um, details as well. But let me just read a couple of lines. So marriage is great, but it's not forever. It's until death do us part. Then come eternal rewards or regrets, depending on how we spent our lives. While we cannot allow lesser things to destroy our marriages, we also cannot allow marriage to distract us from greater things. So that's that, right? (laughs) And let me also share another quote from inside the book. Just one more, just just a little teaser, but you guys go get this book. Um, So another thing that Francis Chan says is our lives should make it believable that there is a God. The way we love our spouses should make the love of Christ believable and true. Wouldn't it be incredible to know that your marriage actually drew someone into a relationship with Christ? Uh, yeah. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about legacy. We're going to talk about 
marriage in light of eternity, knowing that there's a bigger plan for your marriage, what you can be doing now to impact those around you and leave a legacy. Okay, so I want to go into the Bible. I'm actually really excited because I love good stories in the Bible. I, I mean, it's all good, but um, looking at different characters in the Bible, I should say. And so we're going to look at two very different marriages that are mentioned in the Bible. And I think that looking at the two side by side demonstrate um, the concept of legacy really nicely. Okay, so we're going to look at the marriage of Aquila and Priscilla and that of Ananias and Sapphira. So first, let's talk about Ananias and Sapphira. There's not much on them, but enough. Okay, so Ananias and Sapphira's story can be found in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, and it reads, But a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead. And they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Amen. Wow. (laughs) So at a time where believers, many of them new converts, they gathered together and shared what they had. Ananias and Sapphira decided together to lie about how much they sold their property for and what they had decided to give as an offering. They were led, whether by that of greed, pride, or selfishness, they were led to sin against God. Consequently, they experienced the wrath of God and died instantly after committing their sins. (laughs) So, like I said, not much is written about them, but from the looks of things, this couple left an undesirable legacy. Not one you want to emulate, right? Duh. But au contraire, we find Aquila and Priscilla, and their story is found in Acts chapter 18. I'm just going to read um, a couple of or three sections just so you get the idea, but we're not going too much into it, okay? So Acts chapter 18, 
verses 1 to 4, says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. Now let's jump down to verses 18 to 21. After this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. At Centre, he had cut his hair, for he was under a vow. And they came to Ephesus and he left them near, but he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer period, he declined. But on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. Okay, and then we're going to read continuing verses 24 to 26. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So, like I said, amen, amen. Like I said, we we were getting bits and pieces um, about Priscilla and Aquila in that Acts chapter 18 and you can go back and read the whole thing so you can have some more context but basically just from that what we pulled we can see that Aquila and Priscilla were inseparable they were in the tent making business together they served together and they established a local church in their home together we're also told in the scriptures that they taught and explained the word of God together which would imply that they read and studied God's word together. They received the Apostle Paul into their business and their home, and they worked well with him. And how we can say that? Well, Paul, who is the author of most of the books in the New Testament, refers to Aquila and Priscilla in many of his letters to different churches. They had a really strong relationship. Aquila and Priscilla were known for the things that matter, the things of the Lord, and thus they were remembered for such. So, obviously, this is a couple we can look to as a godly example. Okay, so we have Ananias and Sapphira, and we have Aquila and Priscilla. Priscilla, right? Both of these couples were on one accord. We can agree that they were united and they were committed. (laughs) Obviously, though, their decisions to work for or against God left an imprint on their legacies. We remember them according to what they did. This is not to oversimplify the decisions we make in our marriages, but it's just to make the point that we ought to take time to think about the legacy of our marriages and put measures into place now to shape how we're remembered. Make sense? Okay. So let me ask you some questions. And, you know, of course, it's just for you to think about, meditate on, and, you know, write it down, journal. Like, let's explore, right? One, how would the closest people 
to you describe your marriage right now? What words would they use? Okay. Two, does your marriage stand out in this generation? And three, how do you want your marriage, or better yet, you as a couple, to be remembered? Take some time and think about those things. But for now, let's backtrack. Like now that you know how you want to end up, because you've answered those questions, (laughs) what do you need to do or put in place now? Well, to be honest, that's for you to take to the Lord in prayer. But I will and I I do want to give you some more questions to get you thinking about how you and your spouse can use your marriage to impact those around you. So some more questions for you. Y'all got homework today. (laughs) Number one, are you looking for opportunities to share Christ wherever you go as individuals, but also as a couple or family? Do those who spend time with you become infected with your love for Christ? Listen, no judgments. This is for you to think about and You know, if there's work to be done, how can you improve in that area? Two, how could you use your home more effectively to serve the Lord? And three, we're talking about sharing the word of God with other people, right? But are you even sharing the word of God with each other? Are you participating in some sort of Bible study together? You and your spouse. Are you spurring each other on in growing closer to, the, to God? Developing personal, individual relationships to God? Are you excited about the, what the Lord is doing in and through your spouse? Do you even hear about those things? Are you communicating with one another? Are you sharing with your husband or your wife what the Lord is doing in you? So these are, these are some questions to answer and keep the conversation going. You know, answer for yourself and then invite your spouse to answer and, and, and discuss. Okay, so I am just going to end where I started. Your marriage will come to an end soon. That shouldn't scare us or cause us to doubt our marriages and the whole point, right? That should cause us to think how are we using our marriages to glorify God and what mark is our marriage what mark is your marriage what mark is my marriage leaving on this world what will be the legacy of your marriage Mm. so good I really thank the Lord for speaking speaking to us and I just pray Father, I pray to you, God Almighty, thanking you, Lord, for listening to us and thanking you, Lord, for speaking to us. And I just pray, God, for every single person listening, I pray that you would help us to have marriages that leave legacies, that you would help us to be mindful that we didn't just get married for the beautiful wedding ceremony and reception or for the house or the kids or all the blessings that come with 
being married, the benefits that come with being married. Like there's more to it. And we want to glorify you in our marriages. And I pray that each and every single one of us will be able to do that. That we will be able to leave legacies that speak to your goodness and your greatness in the name of Jesus. I pray that we would we would start even today to put things into place, Lord, that we may hear at the end of the day, well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, let that be our portion. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so listen, stay tuned for next week because we're going to sit down with a beautiful couple as they talk about the legacy that they're leaving from their own marriage and they've been married quite a long time and I can't wait for you guys to hear it so you don't want to miss out stay tuned all right okay guys love you bye